0: Welcome to the Triclinium, a podcast named after the three-sided table used in the Lord's Supper, where you are invited to join the three of us as we think through matters of Christian faith, practice, and community. My name is Nate Leed, and I'm here, as always, with my co-hosts, Eric Burgers and Jacob Holly. And I just wanted to get us started. You know, this is going to be a bit more of a free-form conversation. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we last talked, so I would love to hear from you guys. Well, what are some uh, some books or authors or ideas that have approached you, or you know that you have been uh, thinking through these last couple of weeks, and let's just start there.
1: Um, yeah, that's good. I was pointing at, I was. We were both quiet. And I was pointing <laughs> at Eric because I know neither, what Eric's been reading. Neither Eric nor
0: Jacob wanted to go, so this is going to be a juicy one. <laughs>
1: Oh man! Uh, well, I, I let say...
2: I am not prepared to defend what I'm reading against you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, oh I got I, I got far more reading to do before because I'm not settled. That's okay. The Actually, maybe we, we could, are not maybe I, could, maybe I could say what I'm reading and we could talk well, through it be, because
1: that's I've, what
0: I was gonna say. Is you don't have to defend it. I mean, we. If you no. haven't picked a point, you don't have to die on this hill. You know, like
2: this is no. not, this is uh, not the Olympics. This is not, you know, yeah. like, I'm not, S- you know, I'm, the... I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to die on the hill, but uh, welcome when... back
1: to the 22nd ecumenical council. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, sorry, Jacob. I interrupted you. Go ahead.
1: No, you go ahead. You. Oh, yeah. now you're going to try to throw it back. All right, fine. I, well, you were, talking, I you will interrupt. tell you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, let's see, what have I been reading? Uh, I've been reading a couple of things. Um, I glossed through a book by Robert Jensen called Can These Bones Live? A, I think it's like a theology and outline or something, like, or dogmatics and outline. Um, and that was an interesting read, um... I'm trying to get my more familiar with Jensen's theology. Um, he's a he's a Lutheran pastor, but I think in his own words, he would say he's like I'm I'm an unreliable Lutheran. So like he's he's like a he's a kind of a what do you would say an innovator in the Lutheran world. He's not necessarily dogmatic, or like we said in a couple episodes ago, he's more on the explorative side than the dogmatic side. I was
2: going to say innovator. Um, the Lutherans must dislike him greatly. <laughs>
1: Well, it depends on which side you're you're listening sure. to, right? Yeah, sure. Um, but he's he's a he was a, a disciple of uh, oddly enough Bart and Jonathan Edwards, both oh, wow. Bart and Jonathan Edwards. Yeah, so interesting combination there. And yeah. uh, I've been reading this other book that's been comparing Jonathan Edwards and Bart. And actually, there have been a lot of there are a lot of um, similarities in their thought uh usually bart is the more explorative of the two and he's willing to say things a little bit further than than jonathan edwards was but jonathan edwards like if you if you take traditional reformed dogmatics like calvin's theology at least as far as i understand it um and you and you kind of plot the map on where things are headed in their theological trajectory um i think that like, you can almost draw a line from Calvin toward Jonathan Edwards, and then maybe—this might be too far to say—but maybe in certain areas you could draw them from Jonathan Edwards to Bart, even though I'm not sure that they had ever read each other, or—obviously, Jonathan Edwards never read Bart, but but Bart, I don't think, had read much Jonathan Edwards, and so it's just an interesting book to kind of see how two— uh, theolo- Reformed theologians on different continents innovated in interesting ways and, and um, kind of developed Reformed theology um, I've been reading very slightly, I've read some of uh, Karl Barth's Epistle to the Romans I'm reading that with a student right now um, and uh, so I, I've read a little bit of that and I could, I could go to that and, and find some interesting um, quotes for us to talk about today Um, And then I I was talking to the boys earlier. I've been reading a little bit of Critical Journey, The Critical Journey, which is kind of a a book on spiritual formation and kind of categorizes the stages in spiritual formation. Um, Let's see. And then I've been listening to lots of podcasts and stuff. Um, So, yeah, I think that's my – that's my – the stuff uh, that's been hitting recently. Eric, what about you? Where have you been reading slash listening to?
2: Yeah, thankfully – reading has slowed down a bit for me because i've been a i've been a bit overwhelmed recently with everything going on in life sure um which you know it's kind of bittersweet because i do enjoy reading but i i just like church history so much i wish i had all the time in the world just to read more Mm -hmm. historical figures um yeah I, i have like a like a loose interest in in the church fathers and patristics as well, so I I'd love to mm. read read some more there. Um, but so yeah. Anyways, that all to say, um, I finished up a, in my Old Testament one class, so of course I did a lot of uh, reading on, well, from the Old Testament <laughs> in general, mm. and then uh, secondary sources commenting. I read one commentary on Nehemiah, Nehemiah and uh, uh, also a kind of overview book of, of the Old Testament that's going to continue on into another Old Testament class. So a lot of reading about um, the Old Testament, um, historical contexts and things like that. And then uh, the other class that I'm in at the moment is uh, is an ethics class. And for that one, the professor... <laughs> Um, really sharp guy, really, really great guy too. Um, he's very, um, sympathetic, I guess you could say to, to natural law. So, uh, we have, Mm -hmm. yeah, so, um, kind of, we read like a bunch of articles, um, kind of revolving around natural law and how that's kind of played out for different folks, I guess you could say. And then how Would you give
1: up? Go ahead. Would you give a loose description of what natural law is for people who may not know?
2: Yeah. Um, the way that I understand natural law, as it's been proposed to me, is that God has created the world, he's given a specific order to the world, um... Humanity has fallen away from the original order in which the world was created and Jesus has kind of bridged the gap between that um, falling away in original order. So natural law says that um, <clears throat> We need to be able to Oh, How do I put this? Natural law kind of says that um, We can understand the order of the world um, through reason, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And uh, because we can understand the natural world through reason, we can uh, kind of understand how to – and you have to keep in mind that I'm kind of seeing natural law through an ethical lens at the moment. So I only have a certain amount of understanding for natural law, but ethically speaking – um we do ethics by basing uh giving good reason to uh order how we do things based on the way god ordered the world so i'm trying to think of a practical example that can make this a little bit more clear um, i think
1: uh birth control is a really good example for this like yeah, this is this is so, right down that alley
2: yeah i've been wrestling through that one maybe that could be a, a good topic of conversation. Um so i will um yeah let me let me try to do my best to give this to lay out this example, and this will hopefully give a a better picture of of what natural law tries to do so mm-hmm. uh yeah, Jacob mentioned birth control <clears throat> um under a natural law kind of lens, i suppose you could say um birth mm-hmm. birth control should be rejected by Christians now why would I say that <clears throat> the reason being Birth control is preventing something, particularly conception of a child, right? The reason that would be wrong is because of the way God ordered the world. So somebody mm. who holds to natural law is going to go back to Genesis. Um, Genesis is pivotal in understanding natural law <laughs> in its entirety. So Why? Um, because, it, because it shows the way that God ordered the world from the beginning. So yeah, um, so anyways, when you go back to to Genesis and you, and you look through the way that God created male and female, um, he created male and female and he gave um, intercourse, sexual intercourse, as some something that male male and female can do together as an act of love. However, it doesn't mm. just stop there. Um, when you're reading through Genesis that male and female only has intercourse, and that's the only part of that particular process. Somebody holding to natural law would say uh, childbearing, beyond that, the possibility for conception is also a part of the way that God ordered sex to be in the first place. Therefore, when we prevent part of the natural process of sex, when we're preventing an aspect that God designed it to be, um, we're in error there. Uh, that would be mm-hmm. uh, effect or effectually, I guess, a, a sin. You you could say mm-hmm. because you're preventing the way that God uh, ordered a particular act. So, um, <clears throat> how does that relate to to reason? I guess you could say um, you use reason to argue back to what how god ordered things in the first place so we find ourselves here in america and contraception is a really uh you know a widely accepted practice in today's world right so mm-hmm. um we kind of just take it for granted and haven't really thought through well is contraception e- ethical should we do that as christians and so like i just said and kind of laid out um ethically speaking if we're holding to a natural law we're going to say no we we need to get america back uh to holding the way that god created the world therefore contraception should not uh, be practiced because uh it's preventing something that god originally ordered in the first place which is not only sexual intercourse for the purpose um, of union and love between a man and a woman but also the natural consequence of of childbearing as well. So I, that was long and lengthy. Uh, hopefully that made sense. Hopefully that kind of shows a little picture of of how maybe somebody holding to natural law might think. But uh, yeah. what, what are you guys' thoughts?
1: Well, and I, just to add a little bit onto that, there, there's also an emphasis in natural law on mechanics because uh, and because it's it's there's kind of a um an emphasis on mechanics in other words in other words the way that things work and the way that things should work there is no division of what is good and what is bad between let's say um uh, like a, a believer and an unbeliever right or or based off of like certain reasonings right so you might say um if if uh birth control is... Uh, unethical then it's not that the church should uh you know like should abstain from it and then leave the world to decide for itself what it will do the church in order to restore the world has to basically push this right thing to do this right posture uh towards nature um uh, in in its politics, in its decision-making, which means that those who usually ad, uh, adhere to natural law would say that um, what's good is good for everybody. There is no distinction, and therefore things like... Um, I, I would imagine things like theonomy are pretty pretty intermi- intimately tied in, theonomy being um, the mm-hmm. idea that... that y- god ought to rule um or god is god is the king right um and that part of the church's mission is to establish god's kingdom through um ethical practice uh, basically think calvin's geneva right it's a similar uh, mindset right we'll we'll create a city where everybody obeys god um you know and if not we have to punish you know
0: go ahead nate so, yeah, I, I was just going to try and recap that. So basically, their natural law, to sum up, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but so there's a thought that um, God has ordered the world in a certain way, mm-hmm. that he's, uh, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what makes it natural. So he, God has created the world. He's ordered it in a specific way. He's given certain processes, um, like he's made certain processes, and that's kind of the natural way that those things are formed ultimately being formed by God. And so there's a good thing. So that's the realization of it, the thought of natural law. And then what Jacob, you said is that there's also kind of a, an actionable, almost responsibility to pursue mm-hmm. that in a way. So they tie yeah. natural law to uh, to God in, in that thought, and then they pursue it as well. And and push might not be the right word, but advocate uh, for a return to kind of that natural order yeah. existence.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Morality is objective. Yeah. In in this view. It's it's in not just not just objective in that it exists but we are we are you know like it dep- you have to have a certain epistemology in order to get there. It's like it's objective and everybody could be moral if they just followed the laws, right? Like they have to follow the laws. Now, you could argue that there are some that aren't actionable in the same way, so you could only get you know, moral to a degree but that it becomes this kind of um, pursuit uh, which is why um, which is why you'll see like Catholics uh, are some of the strongest advocates uh, against abortion, against um, homosexuality against uh, birth control all these things that they would consider as unnatural and which they believe they have a a responsibility to to mitigate in the um, in the the political sphere, um, and, and I bring up Catholics because natural law is like one of the the strongest tenets of of uh, Catholic theology. It's one of the greatest flavors because of mm. Thomas Aquinas. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was just about to and, say uh, yeah. if if people are more interested in natural law, there's a couple of things you could read, but particularly Thomas Aquinas is the one who kind of popularized this level of yes. thought. Yes. Um, You know, it's interesting that you bring up theonomy, Jacob, because, uh, you know, I also had wondered about theonomy as I've taken the course and read some of the books as well. Um, I also kind of, you know, I loosely follow um, various people who are pro um, for theonomy just online and stuff like that and listen to what they have to say. Um, But anyways, no, I'm, I'm actually pretty sure natural law thinkers hate theonomy. I'm pretty, I'm I'm pretty convinced in that. Um, And the reason being that um, they are, because the, the kind of the primary tenet of theonomy is that mosaic law, not, not natural law per se, but mosaic law as it's handed to Israel um, in the, in the mosaic covenant has to be enforced in civil unions today okay Mm -hmm. so when you ask the question how is it that we should create laws um, as a country as a nation the theonomist is going to say our laws have to be based off of the mosaic law as moses gave it um, in the old covenant Um, now of course there's some disagreements amongst theonomists to exactly how that is to be done I'm not going to go into that right now. But mm-hmm. the reason I say that um, that causes conflict is because uh, my professor being an, an example um, very, very staunchly against theonomy has written multiple things against theonomy mm. as a natural law proponent. proponent. Um, mm. and, and I've read some of his articles a bit as well. And um, the point being that the mm. Mosaic Law came as a Particular covenant after <laughs> the institution of the world, the natural mm-hmm. order was instituted. And it was give, yeah. given specifically yeah. to Israel to identify them as a distinguished nation from amongst other nations because they have a special relationship with God. Okay. So is the Mosaic Law in conflict with the natural order, the way that God ordered the world? Well, no. But that doesn't mean that we, therefore, have to um, take the mo- the covenant that was given to Israel and apply it as natural right, law right. today. Right. So um, what natural law thinkers, and I'm just speaking kind of generally here, uh, mm-hmm. will say is that um, the Mosaic Covenant was given to Israel. It was specific for them. We're under mm-hmm. a new covenant under Christ today. And so... Mm. Christ acting as the uh, mediator has made it possible for us to return to the natural way that God has created the world. Not, not just to return to it, but he's restored the, the natural mm-hmm. way that God has ordered the world so that human beings uh, can clearly see and, and understand uh, that natural order, I guess you could say. Um. So uh, this gets dicey and complicated. I again, I've said a lot, so I kind of want to hear what you guys have to say, and hopefully, I can clarify some more if I need to.
1: Yeah, no, that was that was a good clarification. I I had forgotten the specific mosaic um, bent of the traditional theonomists. Yes. Um, yeah that's that's a good that was a good clarification thank you eric that i i think i was more leaning towards the 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 principle of divine law being objective and um and uh enforceable upon the world right that that was the more my um what would you say that was more my emphasis there in in linking natural law to theonomy so i guess you could say theocracy theocracy would be but but not directly right because that theocracy is just direct divine governance but something you know what i'm talking about like i think i kind (laughs) of get the sentiment of what you're saying i I don't
2: think a natural law person would like the way you're saying it though
1: (laughs) that's fair that's fair because i'm being inflammatory (laughs) uh subtly so but yes Uh, yeah yes so i so
0: i have a question now you know yes we talked about natural natural law and You know i i think it's clear and maybe it's not clear but i mean we we see in genesis that god creates the world i mean obviously he creates Mm -hmm. it in a specific way uh he gives order uh to the chaos right he right the the chaos was was in the world the darkness over the waters and and god Mm -hmm. provides light he provides land he provides life to flourish or he provides the Mm -hmm. elements for life to flourish and he orders it in this way um so I don't I don't know if there's an argument against it but I'd be curious to what are the arguments against natural law what where do those stem from
2: This uh, I'm not this sure This is where Jacob deep... has to come in here because I I'm aware although I have not read Carl Bart who I believe is uh, <laughs> a a staunch opponent of natural sure. law and if, correct me if I'm wrong Jacob but this is kind of the way I understand it at the moment Bart is Primarily pessimistic towards natural law because he thinks it puts too much emphasis upon human reason and not enough emphasis on human sinfulness and how that impacts the human's ability to reason in the first place.
1: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's not far from it. I, I I wouldn't. I don't know that I would necessarily use Bart in my in my. Uh, Wandering away from natural law, I used to be pretty enamored with that idea, the natural law idea. Um, I don't think that that's my main critique of it. I'm not really sure. It's so Bart's main bone to pick is with natural theology. So the idea that you can know who God is by uh, by studying the way that nature works, um, by studying. Uh, human beings, by studying things that are, n- you know, natural, we can somehow um, ascend beyond and in transcend it into uh, into supernature.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, or no, the knowledge of supernature. So,
2: I see how that could run up is... against natural law, but I don't think it's directly opposed to it.
1: No, no, I don't yeah. think so. Um, no, and I would say Bart talks a lot in my... Uh, maybe it's more Bonhoeffer. I I don't know. I'm still read. I'm still trying to read both of those guys. So, but th- I believe they both commonly refer to things as unnatural and like that that as a derogatory term, right? Like that un uh, that the 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 unnatural is um, by necessity wrong. I don't think that you can necessarily fully argue against. Natural law being the case that there are certain ways of human flourishing, or there are certain ways of, of, of natural um, flourishing. There are there are teleological or, or purpose driven um, mechanisms in in creatures and in creation that um, that lead to certain consequences when uh, ignored. I just don't think that you can one for one map. The consequences as ethical. Um, so, for instance, um, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, okay, uh, uh, maybe a good example would be. Um, ooh, it's hard. Let's Forgive see. Forgive
2: me, Jacob. I kind of cut out <laughs> midway through your explanation
1: there. Oh yeah. Uh, well, uh, so I'll I'll just keep going, and hopefully you'll catch it here. So um, okay. The eth- So, to say something is is sinful is to say that it does not proceed from faith. That's my understanding. Or that. Or in 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 uh, terms of First uh, John, it's lawlessness. Um, sin is it. It, com- it comes from lawlessness or a lack of faith. Um, and I would say it is the it is the posture that is unwilling to be governed specifically. Um, the, the posture that says God is not uh, – that there, there is no God above me um, or, that, or that the God above me that I choose <clears throat> is, is uh, choosing a God to be above you that is not the true God. Um, so if that's the case, um, I would say that to do something that is contrary to nature – does not mean that you are sinning, so that's where I would say that the ethical and the and the consequential don't fully align. Um, so it's not because homosexuality is unnatural that it is wrong, um, but because uh, it is disobedient. It's disobedient to The god who says right um so a great example of this actually i just figured one out that would be good um if the mosaic law is not contrary to nature then there would be no reason for um or to yeah yeah to nature there would be no reason for circumcision um circumcision would be something actually unnatural right it is is cutting off a piece of the body that is clearly meant to be there, right? Um, however, God, one of the one of the first commands um, in in Abraham's uh, tenure with God or tenure with God is, is uh, to be circumcised. Um, there are times where the natural is violated, but not to the effect of sinfulness. So maybe, and maybe this is the bigger thing, Eric, is that my critique of natural law is that it is eisegetic. It reads ethics into the mechanisms of, of um, what we could perceive of as nature. But we are unclear, like when, when we ask, um, let's say, why is homosexuality unnatural? We can say, well, because it doesn't lead to birth. Um, but neither does certain types of unmarried sex. I'm sorry uh, certain uh, married married sex, not unmarried sex. certain types of married sex, but we wouldn't necessarily say that in every case those types of sex are wrong. And so the, the I think it falls apart it you, you have this um, this mapping of the ethical onto only certain mechanisms and it seems that the mechanisms are prejudiced against um, in, it, there, there are there are biases in which things uh, which which uh, mecha- mechanisms of nature or yeah mechanisms of nature are, are are considered unethical
2: let me hop in here maybe part of me thinks what you're saying there is missing the point of natural law a little bit and let's see if I'm correct in saying that if I'm understanding sure. you rightly um, let, let's give that example of, of homosexuality um Or no 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 let's let's give the example of uh, homosexuality specifically not leading to what is natural I guess you could say or is Mm -hmm. the way you put it. Um, I don't think that's in conflict with what a natural law person who holds to natural law is saying, because it does seem to be the case that in Genesis there is a natural way in which God ordered sex. And union between people in that sort of way and your concern seems to be for the folks who don't naturally fit into that category but I don't think a natural law person is trying to exclude those people I think they're willing to say that in those circumstances uh, there has to be specifically for the unmarried couple who's unable to conceive or something like that um, mm-hmm. There has to be grace there for those people and they can live out God's natural design in other ways But the effects of the fall in sin has marred natural law in some sort of way, I think
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: is how they mm-hmm. would put it so i I still then
1: what oh okay so so hold that thought then yeah go ahead if 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 nature is flawed or fallen Mm -hmm. and there and therefore natural law is shifted or altered human nature. what is the just human nature or is all all nature broken
2: oh good question i think uh actually they probably would say all probably all so
1: (laughs) here here's a question can we eat animals?
2: Mm, good question. Um,
1: Is it natural? That's a better question. Is it natural to eat animals? For humans to, to eat animals?
2: He, I would have to look over, I think probably yes, because God instituted dominion over them. So just, just to, just to where they would probably we'll, go.
0: So when we say natural, we're referring to, uh, is it in line with the way that God ordered the world when he created it? Is that right? right. In the first place, okay. Right. yes. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So I just so, want to clarify between natural. Yeah. I feel like natural when has we, its own connotations. And when itself. we say yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: when we say natural moving mm-hmm. forward, we're talking about the way God ordered the world in the first place. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um, anyways, is it natural to eat animals? Um, you know, I, I haven't touched that topic yet so and I haven't really thought about it much so I'm not sure, but I would imagine the first place they would go is uh, God's an institution of human beings having dominion over the earth and I think that includes the animals as well uh, Adam mm-hmm. names the animals and clearly has a unique authority over them in which in being the imag- in the image of God, having the Imago Dei um, mm-hmm. so I I see it as plausible to argue from from that stance that likely it would have been okay to eat animals. Um, from that, um, I'll let you respond to that, and then maybe we can go further.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I've never I've never heard that interpretation before. It's an interesting one. Um, I, but but my case being there that traditionally people would say that it was under noah and the results of the noahic covenant that we were permitted to eat meat Mm. um that that meat was not uh, on the menu let's say before Mm. that point yeah um so the, the question then becomes okay so god has instituted um a new law or a new way that humans can interact with nature but it is so clearly bound up with the fallenness of the world and so do we do we follow that one or do we follow the prior order which would be the more perfect of the two um and i think that that's where things get kind of dicey yeah. um but it's in things like that so that, that would maybe be a, a good example i'm not the greatest at coming up with examples on the fly um but it's those kinds of things i i, I think there's a there's a heavy reading of what is right and wrong or what is natural and unnatural um that that perhaps i, I don't know it's an i would say it's an overblown definition like it, 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 there are times where it's like i'm unsure that's the case that that w- that is natural um
2: maybe this would be helpful let me ask you this is mm-hmm. there well let me back it way up is there anything that is natural that's obvious from god's the way that God created the world to humans, human nature. Is there a particular... Sorry, way God, say that one more time. Is there a particular way that God created the world, um, that God ordered the world that is obvious, I guess?
1: Ah, and there's, I think there's the key. Um. Which is m- why I asked it, I think. <laughs> I would say there is a... I would say all of scripture is a type and a shadow. So I would say, the t- especially when we're talking Genesis, Exodus, the Torah, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're talking in terms of shadows. So for instance, I do think that there is a mandate to be fruitful and multiply, but I think that the Great Commission is the secondary giving, the spiritual, um, secondary... It's the... It's the uh, it's the kingdom institution. It's the melding of, of heaven on earth for what it means for us to to be fruitful and multiply. So I don't. Th- that's why I think that that when Jesus says it is it is better for you not to be married, um, for those who can accept it. And when Paul says, "I wish all that were as I am," I think they can say that with without without questioning whether or not the genet- the the original. Um, purpose or mandate uh to be fruitful and multiply uh Mm. uh, might say something opposite right i don't think that
2: like they would uh, say that the it's it's natural for uh Man to leave his father and mother and cling to a woman, so if you're being celibate, then you're opposing natural law? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah,
1: yeah. Or, or specifically, that it is natural for us to be fruitful and multiply, and that you cannot do that if you are single. But both of them were single. Both Jesus and Paul were single. Mm. So I would say there are ways in which the the human telos has been spiritualized or abstracted um, away from... Well, in, like I said, it's shadows, right? So it's, it's... Genesis is a shadow of human nature or the way that the, that the world should be. But I don't know that everything is... Um, I don't have... I wouldn't, I wouldn't push strongly into a protological um, primacy, meaning that the first things or the, the, the original state of things is the best state that we are trying to get back to. I don't actually think that we are trying to get to Eden. I don't think we're trying to get back to Eden. Um, I don't think that's what the, the the story of scriptures is telling. I think it's the story of Eden being transcended, and of Eden um, leading to the fall, but the, the fall leading us um, through our what Origen would call our falling down, right? Our our, our coming down out of out of um, out of our, our perfection um, into something greater, Zion, the new Jerusalem, which is far better. It's, in notice, it's a city, not a garden, right? There's, there are, there are changes and subtle shifts in the, in the way that, um, that our, our eschatology, um, treats our pro- protology, right? Or, or, or engages with our protology. There's, there are, um, there are subtle shifts. So I would say, um, there are, themes right there are analogies there are resonances between the way that things were in the beginning and the way that things will be in the end but that or that should be in the end but that those two are not identical
0: okay so I think uh, I think one way to say that another way is um, we can look at at Genesis and in the beginnings at how God has ordered the world And yet we need to read that as Christians, we need to read that in light of uh, the New Testament and of the gospel and of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because we're not not trying to return to Eden and we're not trying to distill the laws and the order that we see there. We're not trying to recreate that, but we're trying to move forward into what God has planned for us and that has been revealed to us by Jesus. And so we we can't return to that, but we have to move through time and we have to read mm-hmm. uh, that ordered existence by what we see in jesus in order to continue is
2: that right
1: yes okay that's right
2: i think i think i partly agree um maybe no i probably shouldn't even say it that way i think i agree but i think it stops short what you're saying uh, let let me keep going because mm. this is really interesting this is intriguing um And let me ask this question because I think it'll it'll get at where my objection is coming from. Mm -hmm. Again, let's go back to the example of homosexuality. Sure. Before there was a before there was a mosaic before there was any covenant, Abrahamic covenant, was homosexuality Mm -hmm. wrong? Was it sinful?
1: Uh, Before there was a mosaic covenant, any covenant whether or not it was evil is yeah that's a really good question um i would say uh i'm trying to remember i think it's in romans doesn't paul basically say that before there is law there there is no like yes um, that's
2: i believe it's romans one yeah
1: so i would say in the same sense that we would say that the incest that we see throughout scripture is not wrong in the days of the patriarchs because they don't have a law saying that it's wrong um i would say i would yeah i'd be inconclusive i don't know i Uh, think
2: that's where i think natural law comes into play i think it's mm -hmm. wrong because it was against the natural order that god created the world and it bends the way the good way in which he created it um Mm. so uh You know, one big objection, you kind of hit part of it there, but one big objection by non-believers to Christians is um, that we're hypocritical because you read the Old Testament and there's so much polygamy as it goes throughout it. When, you know, you read the New Testament and it's so clear that um, monogamous marriage is the standard, right? Mm -hmm. That's where I would say um, it was wrong and it was sinful for... Uh, folks throughout the old testament to be polygamous because it was a, it was against the way that God ordered the world and that's where genesis would come in play um where man leaves his father and mother to cling to a woman there was one woman in the beginning to cling to one there were not multiple mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh God as time progresses and as the fall comes into play um yeah can give grace and work through human sinfulness and brokenness as they're impacted by culture and and things around them and not condone those things but still accomplishes well despite those things um so um i just don't see how you don't how you get around that um i I I don't, I don't I'm not comfortable saying I'm inconclusive I guess in, in that manner because I think let there me, has to be a way yeah in which people are held responsible for sin apart from covenant
1: yeah let me let me um let me reset the stage then or clarify let me re, yeah. let me clarify what I meant um yeah, go ahead <clears throat> I do believe that there that nature is a thing. I'm not saying that there's no such thing as nature. Um, I think that to we equate just can't know it. un, no, 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 no. Uh, I would say to equate what is unnatural with what is unethical is the is the key problem. Um, I don't think that in every case. Uh, I uh, and, and even beyond that, I can say what is. Unethical and what is unnatural sometimes and oftentimes overlap. Okay, unnatural and unethical overlap, but they are not. It's not a causal relationship. It's not like because it's unnatural, it is wrong. That's my that's my problem with natural law, is that it seems to me that there's a great deal of things that are unnatural that we are unwilling to call wrong, um, but we. So then, there's this kind of playing of prejudice, this bias. Hold on, J- hold on bias. Jacob. Hold on. Mm-hmm.
2: Time out. I don't want to lose the thought here. Um, okay. Because I don't think that's what natural law folks are saying. I don't think they're saying it's causal. I think they're saying it's synonymous. I think it's. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't say that either.
2: But, like you personally, or or from the natural law camp.
1: Sorry, I would I would not say it's synonymous either. Okay. I would say they they sometimes overlap.
0: Uh, What's so it I like at? to think in examples, I I'm, so to go yeah, along so you know, with your... It, like I, uh, I was thinking of one, I'll, I'll pose one and and feel free to pose another, but something that would be disordered, at least what we see in Genesis, uh, we, we see plenty of animals, I, I don't know, to my knowledge, I don't think that we see animals killing and eating one another. So that that might be, let's just take that as an example. So that's ordered. Mm -hmm. God has created these animals to to live together and for them to not be predators, prey, and food for one another. But what we see in the world is a disordering of that relationship where some Mm -hmm. animals are predators, some are prey. They kill and they eat each other. That's disordered from what we see, but that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that it's technically Mm -hmm. unethical. Yes. Doesn't mean it's wrong for them to do that, but it is a, a disordering of what was
1: originally. Sure. Okay. Great. Yeah. Good. Good example. Um. And and you know you might get the pushback. It's a good example. So I'll I'll, I'll give you that. The of the the obvious problem with this one is is there's no moral agents involved, right? The, the the animals have never been moral agents, right? But the but I think that that example is a good one, right? It's it it sets the it sets the analogy well, right? Of like, uh. The fact of unnaturality does not necessitate that something is unethical. Um, so, for a, a, another instance, would be like um, this. Perhaps is um, also a bad example. A lot of these are just bad examples. I, I think it's kind of hard. Um, I'm it's just hard to fully, fully encapsulate the, the whole issue in yeah. one example. But, but um, disease is unnatural right, in the sense that it's not what was intended, right, Um, the, the, uh, the, the what's the word, not symbiotic, the opposite, right, so it's the, like, when something's living off something else, right, but it's like a, oh, parasitic, thank you, Uh, thank you, brain, you're welcome, I Um, didn't do anything,
0: but, (laughs) I was gonna say, I
1: uh, I don't know why I said thank you, uh, parasitical, yeah, uh, (laughs) The parasitical relationship between disease and human uh, kind is unnatural. Uh, it doesn't necessarily make it unethical, right? Um, and again, you could say this, this may be the same problem because the, the, the primary actor is also not a moral agent, right? Um, so mm-hmm.
2: maybe i Maybe ah, this might be. The... Here's a good. Go I got it. I,
1: yeah, yeah. I got it in. I got the example. Okay. So if I choose to eat lead, or if I choose to eat, um, something unedible, you could say that's unnatural. And pretty clearly so. Your body will tell you pretty quickly that that's unnatural, right, for you to eat something that's, um, that's not meant to be eaten, you could say. Um, that doesn't make it unethical, and I'm the actor in that one, right? I think that's the key. There's, there's, yeah, there's, there's a good one. Yeah, an
0: interesting relationship. Yeah, that, that is a good example.
2: Yeah.
1: So um, I, I think to have synon- to say it's synonymous is, I think, overblown. I think we don't actually act that way, right? I don't think we actually make moral judgments that way, and I think it, it falls apart at some point.
2: Okay. Yeah, this is yeah, this is interesting to continue thinking about because I've wondered like how you combat natural law, like what was like somebody who just like doesn't like natural law, like what would they say? Um well,
0: that's what I, what I've been wondering too. You know, and and that's kind of why I posed the question: what what would people who argue against natural law say? Because I mean, when you think about it in terms of order and disorder, we see God create order in the beginning. You know, he he creates the earth in such a way uh for it to exist and for life to flourish uh and yet it's disordered too you know we we see even you know i think natural disasters is a good example of the way that the earth itself is you know can cause destruction and chaos and it's uh it's it's disordered in that way you know it's kind of broken and fallen um yeah so but but i wonder what somebody else would you know i I don't know if somebody if somebody who opposes natural law would fully and granted, I'm totally speculating here. So I don't know. I don't know Mm -hmm. the answer, but I I wonder if they would completely reject the entire idea of order versus disorder, you know, but I, I find it hard to argue with kind of what, what you're saying, Eric. I mean, we we see it in scripture. So Mm -hmm. I wonder, I wonder what a proponent would say.
2: Yeah. Of of, uh, against natural law. I have two questions. I'm trying to think of which one I should ask. Um, Maybe I'll ask this one because I kind of forgot the second one and maybe it'll come back to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, because uh, I got to keep pressing this, Jacob. Uh, oh, oh yeah. I was just sure. going to sum up what you were going to say uh, to make sure I'm understanding you properly. You sure. would say that there is a natural order to the way God ordered the world. Um, but it just, mm-hmm. like, maybe because of the fall it doesn't entirely line up nowadays is that like a simplistic way to put it uh,
1: well i think that's i i don't think that i think that that would be whether you believe in natural law or not that's true right like i i think it would be hard to argue against that from a scriptural standpoint what what else is the creation groaning right um the, there's there's obviously something Different about nature Because of the fall So I, 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 I don't know that that's necessarily The point that I'd die on I the, the, the part that I'm I would say the thing that I I Find uh, oh, un- Makes so me uneasy let
2: me About leave. natural I'll, I'll let law uh,
1: The thing that I find uneasy about natural law Is that e- it equates Nature um, Whether you Talk about nature as post fall or prefall you it equates nature with ethics uh what is natural is ethical, and I think that that's not S- the case in every
2: because uh, nature has changed is that where you're coming from
1: because n- nature isn't a determiner of morality okay. I just don't think that cool. that i what's, again like I said there's not a causal your, relationship
2: what's your justification for saying that? Like, why should and just I believe to, that? Because,
0: and, and just to clarify, the natural here, is it still referring to God's ordering of the world or the natural yeah. world?
1: Uh, yes, B- I think both? to both
2: of those. Yeah. Yes, okay. both. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. I, yeah, so I guess you could say to some degree, uh, maybe another pushback would be that nature, because of the fall and because none of us n- lived before the fall, we there are aspects of nature that could have shifted because of the fall that we have no idea. Like some people have argued that rain is a is a post fall phenomena that would not have been right because it hadn't n- rained until Noah, and so like is rain unnatural? It's like. I don't know. that's you know, like you get into these weird questions. so there's a part of me that wonders, do we even know what what nature truly is? but even arguing, let's say that we, we do or or even just arguing from Genesis as uh, as like a, a a grounds for morality. Um, I would I would just say I, I don't see the I don't see morality as mechanical in that way. I don't see morality as falling in line with the with nature. I I, I just don't. I don't think that that's that they're one and the same. I don't think that you can say that sin is a result of of uh, acting in a way that is unnatural. Um, okay. And I would say maybe maybe a great example of this is the incarnation. The incarnation. And specifically, the crucifixion is unnatural. God dying is unnatural. <laughs> like, pretty unnatural, right? For God to die. And yet, that is the salvific point, right? That is the moment of, of redemption for us. Um, so I would say, to you know, it is unnatural and it is... Yeah, I don't know if you could say ethical. It is, yeah, it would it's the god does the right thing
2: wasn't it unnatural in order to redeem that which is natural
1: say that one more time
2: wasn't it unnatural so that he could redeem actually not that which is natural that which is unnatural
1: it might have been but that's still but that's still if it's synonymous then god sins if it's synonymous, then the non-natural would be the the non-ethical. Bec- okay, but it's be- not true that it's Because non-native. it would have
2: been ethical for God to become incarnate because that's not natural. But I, I hear... and that's
1: that's not even the biggest thing. Like, yeah, because I, I think we're getting lost. I think we're getting
2: lost in the language a little bit here. Because uh, yeah, we might be. I yeah, I think something doesn't feel and right i to me
1: and it it um, may be it may be that i have an anemic understanding of natural law um i would not be surprised if uh if my natural law understanding was is off um i basically
2: it's hard man like I, I, it's see it, it is simple and like the way it presents itself but it's the application of it where it gets complicated and I think that's yeah. why this conversation is complicated. <laughs> so, do we? Yeah, do you
1: have yeah. scripture to back it up? Like, yeah. could you point to scripture and say, "Here's where, here's where you know Paul says that what is unnatural is unethical."
2: Yeah, um, I think it's Romans one. Um, I'm not going to go searching for it right now because I know it's there. Um, I'm just going to generally say it. Um,
1: Romans one is a good place to start for Cause sure.
2: Because the it's it's somewhere in Romans. I'm forgetting which chapter specifically. I believe it's Romans one. Um, in Paul's discussion of how, like, how are the Gentiles held accountable apart from uh, covenant, basically, because they're not the covenant people of God? Um, on what basis? Uh, like, so the the classic question. Uh, That again, that people, non-believers will usually ask Christians is, how is it fair that people who've never heard of Jesus or never heard the gospel are sent to hell? Right? How is that fair? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think part of what the natural law person is going to say is they're going to point to Paul and say that, um, maybe I should be pulling up Romans 1, because the law is written on their hearts, therefore they're held accountable Mm -hmm. to god and i
1: think that part's romans 2. yeah it could be i think it's the beginning of romans 2. um let's see but uh the the law oh no it's the end it's the end i think um hold on oh there we go uh look
2: for that yeah go ahead if you got uh,
1: two two fourteen. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts; their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them. So I think he doesn't.
2: Right. So let me. He doesn't me... say
1: they uh, they follow the 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 natural law. He just says they follow the law which in almost every case is a is a reference to Torah. So he's saying I think he's saying they are fulfilling Torah.
2: What what verse is this, Jacob? 14 2:14. 2, 2:14.
1: 14. 2,
2: 14. Romans 2:14. Okay. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so but hold on. They don't what Paul's saying here for the gentiles, they mm-hmm. don't have the law. They're they're not under Mosaic covenant, right? But they do well that, they, they can still do good because by nature they do what the law requires. Right? So by, by their very nature. They Yes. The part where it says but they that are doesn't, a law unto themselves means that they they create like because they're apart from the from God's law, they create their own law for themselves that's why they're immoral is because they've done that which is uh, of their own accord i think is what well
1: we're... no they don't create a law they they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts mm-hmm. so they're i i, I and I'm, I'm saying i i think that the end like the what torah is trying to get at which Jesus clarifies for us is the love of God and the love of neighbor. What Torah is trying to aim towards is what the Gentiles are doing. It's not that they're following some sort of, you know, like external laws um, or or like they're reverting back to their original operating system or something. I think they're they somehow—and and it's unclear how they do this, right? But they are somehow— Fulfilling the law. They are acting as a law to themselves.
2: Yes, because so they the
0: are way they're fulfilling the law without knowing the law.
2: Yes, because yes. it's written on their yeah. hearts. Right. That's yes. that is the essence of what natural law is, I think. So when but, it says next again, in verse fifteen, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. Yeah. Um, and then so on I, I won't read that last part
1: um, yeah I, I so I hear I hear where you could get a natural law here right like you you could make the inference right okay so, so within their very natures right because that's not an external law it's an internal law an internal law has to come from nature so because they have an internal law that points them towards um, towards the good that the, the the law of the Jews points them towards, they act as a law to themselves right? Um, but I don't think that... Okay, so what I'm... Here's what I'm missing. What I'm missing is the way that nature tends or the things that are in accordance with the way that God created things originally is what either of those laws are trying to point towards. That's I'm losing missing you. for me. I'm losing the correlation... Uh, the correlation of the of the ethical and the, and the nomic. I'm sorry, the ethical and the natural. So what I'm saying is he doesn't say here, um, the Gentiles show that they are a law unto themselves by not committing homosexuality or by doing, like what, what I'm saying is it's it's, he's not giving as an example things that like the principles of nature as the ends of the law. The, the principles of nature are not what the law is pointing towards that that's that's the thing that i'm i'm missing here is is he he doesn't seem to be saying that or i don't know where that you that is a crucial proposition to uphold natural law from this passage but that proposition i do not see does that make sense i think i think so okay is there any simpler of a way you
2: could put it that might clarify it more um,
1: the law—so, in order for natural law to make sense from this passage, yes, I think what I would need to hear is something akin to the spirit of the law points to Eden, and because the Gentiles live according to Edenic principles, they are a law unto themselves. But that's not what it says. It says that they do what the law requires— but th- that has nothing to do with the principles of nature that has to do at least f- if we interpret this with Jesus's words in mind the thing that the the law requires is the love of neighbor right it's it's loving your neighbor as yourself
2: maybe maybe the breakdown Jacob is a misunderstanding of Eden in and of itself I don't mm-hmm. uh, let me say this and, and see uh, maybe I'm just misreading you. Eden wasn't good because God said so after the fact it was good as God made it, and when God said it was good like he didn't like make it and it was neutral and then it was good he made it it was good, and God as he's finished says it's good
1: mm-hmm
2: so i I agree yeah so like it kind of feels like when we're when we're talking about it like you're saying that god has declared something good and this is where it's breaking down a little bit for me and i'm just not sure god has declared something good and because of the fall it like becomes unclear when we apply ethics i suppose
1: no um no no I I would say the the intri- the integral goodness of creation is its relationship to God. It's obedient. The creation is obedient. It is as he says it should be. That doesn't mean that okay and there there's maybe the dividing line is I don't think it's because God made it according to certain principles and those principles are uh, are good and that's why nature is good is because uh, the trees are the color that trees are supposed to be and the um, the fruits are being bared be- out in the seasons that they're supposed to be bared out in it's not because of the principles it's because of the relationship that creation bears or in, uh, the, the relationship that, that creation um, holds with God it, it is the obedience that is the key and actually, it's funny, I was just editing episode 10 where we talk about the Athanasian Creed, and I think that this is a this is actually a very similar dynamic to the problem that you had with me saying that faith is more of a posture than it is, like, specific contents of epistemology. Um, that, like, it is certain propositions held to, right? Um, you, the, there is a, a... I think the difference between you and me is that um, I think that y- your conception is that there is ob- there are this would be a good way of um clarifying it there are objective goods
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I would say there is objective good but that objective good is God himself and the relationship that you bear to God mm. objective Not goods the there is nothing good in of and of itself order. right right okay yes yeah. It's it's not that the tree is green, or sorry, it's not because the tree is green that it is good. The tree it the the tree is good because God has called it good. It bears a relationship of goodness to God. It's obedient.
0: And so Jacob, take that one step further to yeah. to Paul in Romans talking about the law on people's hearts without knowing mm-hmm. the law. Well, well taking that they principle. love
1: neighbor. And they love God which is I think that again if you're if you're going to ask Paul what the requirements of the law are he's gonna say to love your neighbor and to love God right or else he's probably at variance with Jesus and I believe there's actually parts where he does say that But hold on um, okay
2: hold on let me because again I, I think I'm I'm seeing the yeah I think I'm seeing the breakdown. I'm not saying that we should do it for the principles sake of being principles like the natural law person is going to say these things ought to be pursued because they're good in and of themselves because God intrinsically made them that way and I feel like you're saying that God declared them that way afterwards they were some sort of neutral until God said so and I don't think that's the case i don't like they're objective Uh, they're objectively good because they're intrinsically valuable in the way that god created them to be
1: they were good because they were faithful they were in allegiance in line with god they responded with obedience who's they Uh, all of creation
2: all of creation so they're like (laughs) that's a weird I think you guys are
0: actually saying something similar because Eric what you're saying is that it's but their response
2: their response to God is a consequence of their natural design that he made them to be. Like you're speaking of consequences and I'm talking about intrinsic value.
1: Okay uh say that another way
2: <laughs> yeah so you're saying like uh nature uh is good because of the way in which they respond to god i'm saying nature is good because god intrinsically made it that way they were created ah, yeah
1: good. i don't i don't think i don't think creation is intrinsically good
2: well uh, post fall there's yes there's brokenness in it no I'm i
1: don't think it, it ever was yeah intrinsically and, good
2: that's so yeah when god created the heavens and the earth and he's and he called it good you just think it was neutral and then it was good right
1: well there is only one good and it is god god, god is the only one right the jesus says that um good teacher the so, rich young so, ruler says to him and he says why do so you call me good no one is or no, no one is good but god alone right um,
2: I think that's taking that example too far, but um, I like. Is God there can't, okay? God can delegate goodness to His creation, like they. He can't.
1: He can, but it it ceases to be good the moment that it is no longer obedient.
2: Right, but it was intrinsic. Like, okay, so this is going to get into the Imago Dei here, right? Is Sorry. humanity intrinsically good and valuable? Maybe good isn't the, the proper word to be using here, but was in the beginning, was humanity created intrinsically good? Or were they in some sort of weird neutral state? And there created there
1: is no such thing as intrinsic. It, we, it, uh, to say something is intrinsic is to separate it from its creator. But the creator is the only one that gives good. The only one that defines good right you're so it it's almost it almost feels like you're asking me it can something be good even if God doesn't say it's good no and I'm like, no, no, that's
2: not what I'm saying no no you're again i I think I'm understanding you clearly here I could be wrong, but keep going yeah you're you're saying again that it's good because God said so, but I'm saying it's good because God made it so like in its very essence and then it's straight away yeah yeah yeah, yeah Christ yeah, yeah. restores that and makes it better. E-
1: yeah, yes. Uh I think maybe it's so where language was... is breaking down, but yeah, I think I think I agree with that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not saying
2: I'm like I don't buy that God made everything neutral in the beginning. He he made the the heavens and the earth and it was neutral. And then he said it was good i'm saying god made it good
1: no no it's good because it obeys
2: i think that's a natural consequence of the way in which god made it it strays away christ restores that that's what natural law is saying
1: uh um i think that goodness The only way that goodness is communicable to that which is not intrinsically good, which would be everything, everything that's not God, is for it to be in allegiance to or united with God. Not united in essence, obviously, but united in the sense of allegiance. And I think that that is what the creation was, is it was in allegiance with God. God. So I I'm a I am a, that is a very um, so human oh, beings like a, I human, don't know what the word is for that but.
2: human beings that are not in correct union with God are not intrinsically valuable.
1: They're val, uh, we switched words so val, they're not good.
2: Yeah, I they're not intrinsically good. Lang- I think good. language I think language is breaking down here a bit, and I, I see why you said that. Um, so what
0: what what about the serpent though because the serpent was a manifestation like he was a character of evil in in the garden, mm-hmm. but sure. he was also created by god, and so if yeah. god if if God only creates good, how can the serpent become
2: yeah I, that, that, that that gets into that's a standout I, for me yeah, that gets into that's right th- i think that there's um i I have not studied this very well, but no loosely, definitely. And, loosely my understanding I think is that a, there was a pre-fall fall in a spiritual realm where satan yeah. and and the demons were cast down before right uh, but
0: i think that that would go in favor of jacob's point that creation was was good because it obeyed and the moment that creation stopped obeying was the moment that it was in opposition to god and and we see that fallout because there there is evil even in the garden
2: mm-hmm. yeah but but satan Satan is yes yeah, Satan is evil because because he rebelled against God but that doesn't mean that Satan wasn't created like his his former name Lucifer like that doesn't mean that he wasn't good like created in a good sense before he fell it's the same thing as as, as what we're saying with human beings here like human beings okay. are valuable because God made them that way. And they're bad as they sin and fall away, and Christ restores that. So, so like... Is
0: it possible that this is a both-and rather than an either-or? God both creates yeah, good Yeah, that's and what I'm saying. things are good until they rebel. I think that's a merging of both your guys' I,
2: point. Well, that, that's what I think I'm saying, but I'm not sure that Jacob is saying that. Like, I'm saying... God has made, I'll, I'll switch and I'll try, I'll try to use the term value instead. God okay. made humans valuable from the very beginning. Or like they have a certain- I don't like valuable. I, yeah, that, I think that
1: valuable wrong. To... <laughs> yeah, that's, moves that sounded towards wrong, economic. Coming tongue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Consume, um, consuming. Yeah, yes, it's like consumerism has entered uh, a, a, the, theologi- the, the theological chat. Yeah, I see. Uh, that
0: sounded wrong. <laughs> just leaving my tongue.
2: Um, uh,
1: I, I think maybe- um, So Here's a good. here's a good example. Here's a good example.
2: Like I'm using good as I'm using good as a term like valuable. You're using good as a term like moral. Is what I'm
1: saying. I don't know if it matters how you use it. So let me let me give an example. Um if somebody is compelled by government force to abstain from Sex before marriage. Did they do something good?
2: Good question. Um,
1: So there's no such thing as like they're not a moral agent.
2: Let me clarify: Who's the they that you're speaking of? The government?
1: Uh, uh, No, no, no. no. Uh, The person abstaining. uh, The person. The person abstaining. Are they? uh, Did they do something moral by being compelled by the government? Not do it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I, if somebody is forced to do something, is it is it moral?
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Even if the thing is good? That's a good question. Mm,
2: yeah, I think
1: this gets question. right to the heart of it.
2: Yeah, I think Maybe I'd have to think about this more, but my initial inclination is um. Yes, but it's not pleasing to God in the same way that I would say um, hmm. like people can do moral things that are morally good, but not pleasing to God in because the same they have way that I would, in their heart. Yes. So like the perfect example I was, I, th- I think of this that I was talking about with Aaliyah is like uh, two non-believers getting married is morally good. And in line with natural law, but it's not pleasing to God because they're doing it for other reasons other than for God's sake.
1: So, oh, so you're bifurcating good in a weird way, I, or in a, not in a weird way? I'm sorry, that was derogatory. Yeah, um, no, that's okay. You're, bifur- you're bifurcating good in a way that I haven't I haven't heard before. You're saying that there, so you there are times where the good can be wrong. The good thing is the wrong thing?
2: Uh, I don't think that's the right way to put it. No.
1: So the good always is right.
2: Um, the good always is right.
0: It, so in that example of two non-believers getting married, is yeah, that yeah. a good thing or is that a bad thing?
2: The marriage itself is is a good thing. Marriage is good. It's a part of the way that God instituted human beings to operate and in that sense it's good um, okay um sorry guys i i cut out there for a moment phone and computer died at the same time so hopefully i'm gonna get right oh. back on track of where we are here a yeah, big L. <laughs> we,
1: we can't let this conversation die like yeah. that. We have to come to a close. So
2: your question was about um, or you wanted me to speak further on the two married couple. Is that right? Or the married couple. Sure.
1: I, I, I think we were right at the point where you were saying that the, that the good uh, I, the question I was asking is is the good ever wrong? Is the good achieving the good the wrong thing? morally wrong yeah
2: and i'm just uh, i would have to think about that more i'm I'm just not sure that's the right way to phrase the correct way to phrase the question it might be missing something there i'd I'd have to think about the way you asked that but like let me talk about the the uh, the married couple who are two non-believers further and maybe that can clarify something um okay so what i'm saying and what natural law i think is saying at its basic tenet is that some things are should be pursued because they are good in and of themselves because God made it that way marriage would be one of those things however due to Mm -hmm. the fall like we wouldn't say as Christians 2 non-believers shouldn't get married because they're not Christians what we are we what we are saying is that they they can and It's good because God made marriage good, but their marriage isn't going to be pleasing to God because they're doing it for improper, according to improper motives. Whether it be they're doing it just because they really like their spouse, they're doing it because it improves their social situation, they're doing it because uh, it will give them more financial gain, whatever the case may be. None of the reasons in which mm-hmm. two non believers are getting married is because it's for God. Because they want to glorify and honor God. And that's why it's right. not pleasing to him. So the marriage, the fact right. that there is a marriage in and of itself is good because it's part of God's created order. But as that marriage like the the motives behind it and as it plays out in real time will be not good because it's coming at it from a rebellious notion i guess you could say a rebellious intent
1: Mm -hmm.
2: does that make sense
1: so yeah i think i think it does i and and here's where uh, actually this is we've hit i think at a very very upstream difference between you and me uh, and I don't know Nate. You, I'm not sure where you're at with all this, but I, I think me yeah. and Eric are Sorry. at variance. <laughs> I think me and Eric are at variance in this, and I think it's very upstream because I, this is basically where I get my politics from as well. I would yeah, I say the political. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eric does not like my politics, and if he's a proponent of natural law, then it makes sense why he doesn't like my politics because my politics would say it doesn't matter what the what the nation does it's always wrong until it is faithful so unless it believes uh it doesn't like nothing it does matters right um so for for instance you could no you could say it has negative ramifications for the like like it can hurt people Right. But but I would say Jesus didn't seem all that concerned about th- the world hurting people. He kind of let it kill him. Um, and he told all of his disciples, like, it's going to kill you, too. And he didn't say to his disciples, so work your your extra hardest so that you can change the world so it won't hurt you anymore. He kind of seemed to think that the there was something endemic about the world. Um, something very in, you could say intrinsic <laughs> about the world. Yeah, natural. Yeah. Uh, Within the world, that it was going to reject oh, uh, him and his his followers, <laughs> that's, that's right? Not where I so, you were going, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I would actually say that in most cases, nature is wrong. <laughs> uh, nature, because it has decapitated itself, because it is no longer obedient. It is, uh, it's a false good. It's idolatry, right? So, it's it's trying to set itself up as an end, but it's not. It's not a. It's not the true end um the only end is god and so uh the only good end is god yeah. so
2: so so that everything else is death yeah, and i would say no matter what i would it looks say like. that's because it's straight away from the natural way in god in which god created it in the first place um so it's like
1: but natu- like the trees still grow
2: nature didn't like entirely lose or shift to like something entirely different you could say um like for, mm-hmm. uh, you and I both believe in total depravity, like I, I, we're not saying utter depravity. Like humans are as sinful as they can be all the time, no matter what. Like there's still resonance of something. I
1: would come close to that.
2: I'm sure uh, you know. Speaking further on this topic, it, it wouldn't surprise me if you did. But I'm saying, yeah, I, I'm saying, I don't think that to be the case. Um, and I think I'll, I'm, I'm comfortable with leaving it there and what I've said so far if you want to say a little more
1: cool. um, no I'm, I'm happy this is a great conversation yeah, I, I, this is I, so I think cool. like this is I think
0: this might be a good pausing point for us to, to maybe pick up a conversation on, on natural law and, uh, and morals and ethics as well um, Yeah, and especially how we Christians ought to live in this world mm-hmm. you know it, in light of the way that God has ordered it in the past and in light of the New Testament revelation uh, in Jesus Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Any any closing remarks from y'all?
1: Just a quick clarifier. When I said my politics basically say that everything the world does is wrong, I will say I do have a political stance, and my political stance is that we should preach Christ and Christ crucified to everybody because that's the only way that we enter upon life. So it's not like I'm saying, well, the world's going to hell in a handbasket; just <laughs> abandon it and go move to the <laughs> desert. Like, even that can you be, don't be you bad. You don't
2: want to live the monastic lifestyle, Jacob? That's what you're telling me?
1: I may or may not want to be a monk, but that doesn't have any bearing <laughs> on this conversation. <laughs> uh, so, but I that's important. So, like, you know, I, I where, where some people would be like, you know, like, well, we gotta, you know, we we have to end the evils that the that this world is, is uh, doing. I would I would stay with Bonhoeffer and say let the world be the world we have to let the world be the world and we have to be uh always preaching and rebuking the world um and and calling it to Christ because that's where that's where its true life will be you just said some things and so just pick just to, that up a later.
0: we we will pick that up later on the next episode Nate, Nate wants to go to home next conversation. <laughs> this we is great at an hour and a half yeah, now yeah, we need to, and we need to i have so appreciated this conversation uh, <laughs> I want to thank my co hosts uh, <laughs> jacob holly and eric burgers and uh hey i'm just so thankful if you've listened this long man you're a real one so i i appreciate you <laughs> uh we we yeah. love you all uh and we pray every day that christ be exalted thanks y'all see you again in the next one